Welcome to the Notes from a Scottish Author podcast. I'm Barry Hutchison, aka JD Kirk, and in each episode I'll be talking about life, writing, and the ups and downs of being a full-time author and publisher in the Highlands of Scotland. And probably some other stuff too. I hope you'll join me. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Notes from a Scottish Author with me, Barry Hutchison. This episode was recorded last night. It is the Facebook live stream of the launch event of A Whisper of Sorrows, my sixth J.D. Kirk book, which is published today, the 5th of June. It is about 45 minutes long. It's mostly me answering questions, talking about why I became an author and talking about the J.D. Kirk books. So, you know, listen if you want. Don't feel obliged. I'm not going to come around and force you. But if you do, then I hope you enjoy it. And uh, don't forget to check back later for the next normal episode of Notes from a Scottish Author in which I shall be answering some different questions from other people. Hello, I am Barry Hutchison, but tonight, Matthew, I shall be J.D. Kirk, uh, author of the DCI Jack Logan series. I'm going to get rid of the creepy face. Uh, There we go. I'm now full screen. Uh, Thank you all so much for coming along to this virtual launch event for the new book, A Whisper of Sorrows, which comes out in about three hours, I think, uh, UK time. If you're in Australia, it might be out already. I'm not sure, Uh, but uh, it'll be out in the UK within the next few hours. Anyway, it is the sixth book, as most of you probably know, in the DCI Jack Logan series, which I started a year ago. First book came out on the 1st of May 2019, following a conversation with LJ Ross at the uh, London Book Fair when she encouraged me to start writing crime. Prior to that, I had written comedy science fiction. There's a question about that in a minute that I will get to. One thing I will ask is that people who are leaving comments and you're all chatting away at the side there is very distracting. Um, Some people who are tuning in may not have read as many of the books as you have, so not everyone will be up to book five. So I will try and not give any spoilers. If you guys in the comments could try to avoid giving spoilers too, that would be really good. I hope some of you have been watching my daily videos that I've been posting uh, this week. I'm posting videos for 100 days talking about just stuff, really, that pops into my head um, while I'm on a a kind of fitness and health kick. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I thought what I would do tonight is I'm going to talk a little bit about how I became an author um, and then I'm going to start answering some of your questions because I get a, I, I put out a call for questions recently. I've been bombarded and then you guys can ask some questions live uh, here and I will I could think I can display them on screen uh, and then I, I will answer those. I'm going to do a little bit of a reading from the first chapter of A Whisper of Sorrows just to whet your appetite for the book, which, as I say, is coming soon. And then I'm going to draw the winner of the uh, Kindle Paperwhite competition live on air or whatever this is. It's not radio, is it? I don't know. I've got a microphone. Uh, but I'll draw the competition winner and then and then you can all leave and get on with your lives and it'll be a, a beautiful thing for everyone. So, um, yeah, the the reason I became an author really was because um, I've wanted to be an author since I was uh, about nine and kind of primary five in uh, in, in Fort William, Scotland in school. Uh, we have uh, the England school system is slightly different. In Scotland, we have nursery and then we have primary one to seven and then we have uh, set high school, which is S1 to S6. Um, so I was in primary five when I decided that I wanted to be an author. There were a couple of reasons for that. One, we just done a project on Roald Dahl in class, and that was the first time that I realised that author was a job that you could do. And I also discovered during my reading that, that Roald Dahl was really rich, and I thought, excellent, I can not only make stuff up, people will pay me money to do so. Um, so, so that was nice. 
But more importantly than that, uh, I didn't actually read that many books as a kid. I read comics a lot. I read the Beano and the Dandy and, and Spider-Man and Superman and all that stuff. I still read comics a lot, and I write comics now. I, I write for the Beano, um, which is nice. I've written for various characters of the Beano. I wrote for uh, Ball Boy, one of the characters in the Beano, for about three years. Uh, Ball Boy, if you don't know him, he's not one of the big hitters in the Beano. He's a character who just really likes football. That's his entire gimmick. And I don't like football very much at all. And I have very little knowledge of football or understanding of the rules. But I had to string out about 150-odd strips, all different stories about Ball Boy, this kid who liked football. So so that was a challenge. Um, But I I did that. Um, But yeah, so when I was a kid, I read comics a lot. And one day we were getting taken to meet the new librarian at the little library next to our school. Um, and her name was uh, Mrs. McIsaac. And uh, we went in and the teacher made us all stand up and tell the tell Mrs. McIsaac what kind of books we like to read. And I, as I say, I didn't read that many books at that point. And um, the, the, I was kind of a bit embarrassed to stand up and say that I liked reading comics and didn't like reading books. And then Mrs. McIsaac went, wait right there. And she went through the back and she came back about... 30 seconds later, with this massive stack of Beano comics and said, there you go, read those. So I would go back to the library every day and I would read those comics. And then she would start trying to, like a drug pusher, she would start kind of pushing books on me. So she would see me reading a certain type of comic and she would say, oh, read that, try this book about robots, whatever. And she she eventually got me onto books and I would start going into the library and asking her for for different types of books. I say, I need a book about aliens. And she'd find me a book about aliens. Or I say, I need a book about Vikings. And she'd find me a book about Vikings. One day, though, um, I went in and I was going through a phase where I was obsessed with ninjas, the black-clad kung fu guys. I don't quite know where it came from. It didn't last long. Uh, I think it went on for about a week or so. But I went into the library and I said, I need a book about ninjas. And she said, we haven't got a book about ninjas. And I was devastated. I thought the library has let me down for the first time ever. But she said, wait there. And she went through the back again. And she came back out with a notebook and a pencil and said, write a book about ninjas. And I wrote this god-awful story about ninjas in this book. Ultra-violent story. I remember lots of people got disemboweled there was a big disemboweling theme. Bowels were being lost left, right, and center. And I finished it, and I showed it to her, and she read it. Um, and to her immense credit, she then wrote my name on the spine of this notebook, and she stuck it on the shelf next to the other books. Um, and it was like, you know in movies when the, the kind of clouds part and you get that light, that heavenly light shining down, and there's the, ah, choir of angels sound? That's kind of what it was like um, for me when that when that happened. Uh, I saw the book on the shelf and I thought, this is this is what I I want to do. Uh, and that kind of stuck with me for 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 loads of years. And I, um, I I didn't become an author straight away. It's quite difficult to become an author at nine. Uh, I think I had my first book published when I was about thirty. It was this book here, actually, a children's book called Invisible Fiends which I spoke about on the video blog thing earlier in the week. Um, prior to that, I had uh, had a few proper jobs. I went through about 14 proper jobs in eight years, getting fired from most of them uh, because I was generally just daydreaming a lot. Uh, so I decided that I was going to put my imagination to better use, and, and, and that's when I started writing the Invisible Fiends books or, or started trying to write more seriously. I'd, I'd done a few things before that. Since then, I've written about 120 children's books, um, some of them good, some of them not so much. Uh, I've written uh, a series. In fact, let's go into this question. There's a question here. Uh, where are we? Question here from Susan Farris. Hello, Susan. I hope you're here somewhere. And she says, aside from your junior books, do you write under an alias in any other adult books? Um, brackets, please. I hope so. Yes, I do. I write um, a series called Space Team. This little green guy over here is a is a character from Space Team. 
Uh, Space Team is a comedy science fiction series about a guy called Cal Carver who is um, put in prison with a cannibalistic serial killer and is mistakenly abducted by aliens. They're trying to take the, this cannibalistic serial killer, but instead they take him. And uh, he gets taken and thrown into this team of intergalactic criminals and ends up saving the universe, as people like that tend to do. So, uh, yeah, so that space team, I also wrote the... Oh, in fact, look, I, I've, I've prepared this earlier, and I forgot. That space team, uh, and that's Cal Carver there. So that was the first book for grown-ups that I ever wrote. Well, that's not true. I wrote a book for, for adults when I was about 17, but by God, it was awful. Let us never speak of it again. So that's Space Team. Um, I also write. I also wrote the Dan Deadman Space Detective series. There are three books in that series. It's set in the same shared universe as Space Team. Uh, so I did those, and the the Sidekicks Initiative, which is the first. There's going to be a new one on the way. A superhero comedy stuff. Uh, we have some interest from Hollywood in that at the moment, and I, I, I can't say much more than that. But they were all good fun to write. Um, but I had this idea for a crime novel knocking about in my head for a while, and it's when talking to uh, Louise Ross, LJ Ross, at uh, an Amazon event in Glasgow that she, she first encouraged me to go for it and write it. The reason I was hesitant is that I'm naturally a very lazy person, and I don't like having to research... I, like I couldn't write historical fiction because you've got to do a lot of research and you've got to remember a lot of stuff and remembering stuff is really not my not my strong point at all. So I was hesitant to write crime fiction because I thought I'm going to have to learn a lot of stuff about police procedure and the ins and outs of who does what when and what happens. And then, so I put it off for a long time. And then when I started looking into it more seriously, I realized that police procedure is tedious. You know, a, a criminal investigation, a murder investigation, mostly involves officers knocking on hundreds of doors going, did you see anything? No, no, sorry to bother you. And that's basically the bulk of a, a murder investigation in real life. So I kind of eventually realized that I could just sp sprinkle a few acronyms and, and have the occasional nod to convincing police terminology but really it's about the characters really the series is a soap opera about these characters and their interactions and those characters just happen to be investigating crimes so it's not heavy on the the police terminology it's not even remotely accurate to what a real police investigation is like but very few crime fiction books and tv programs are i would argue um, I think I got away with that, but um, so yeah, it's it's that's what I eventually when I realised that I thought no, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to I'm going to write this series, and uh, DCI Jack Logan was born. Uh, right, next question. Where are we? Uh, Louise Carey or Carey, uh, C A R E Y, uh, and Jane Wynn have both asked a similar question: Is the character of DCI Logan based on anyone you know? Louise is a retired police officer, and so is uh, Jane, I think. Yes. Um, and they, they think the interaction and behaviour is very realistic, and Louise would have loved to have a boss like DCI Jack Logan. Do you have a police contact who advises you in police procedure? No, I'd absolutely just make it up. Uh, I hope that answers that question. Uh, Gillian Boyd, how old is Logan? In my head, I've got him late 40s. Uh, yeah, I think he's about 44, 45. He's a little bit older than me, but not much. Um, his a lot of his references are kind of 80s stuff. Um, I think there's a reference to Come on Eileen, um, one of the one of the books, and so yeah, he's about 45 ish, I reckon. And I made him up so that I'm right. Uh, Eileen Brown, my question is, how have you managed to get the Scottish dialect and vowel emphasis so well? Just by living in Scotland, really. Uh, I, I always listen to people talking. Um, I'm quite nosy when I'm kind of overhearing conversations. Um, but that's not quite true. I don't really care what people are talking about. I just care about the way they say it. And I, I think it's really interesting to hear 
a little dynamic between people when they're talking and, and you know on buses or whatever those things that we can't go on these days because of coronavirus but yeah listening to people um i i have very few talents in life uh but i think i've got quite a good ear for dialogue and and, and how characters talk um that's really my only talent but uh but so yeah that's that's why just just being scottish thinking about how i say stuff and listening to other people kerry fenton hello kerry uh, if you could pick any actors to play your characters parts who would you pick i take it you mean the characters themselves not their parts not their nothing i forget i went down that route uh yeah so um the who would i who would i pick i don't know that's difficult i, I have a condition it's not really a condition i have a thing called aphantasia and what that means is that I cannot picture images in my head at all. If I say to you, think of a blue circle, chances are that most of you will will form some kind of image of a blue circle. You will you will picture to some degree of clarity a blue circle. I don't. I think of the word blue, I think of the word circle. I might think of the word round, I might think of ball, I might think of sphere, but I think in words, not in pictures. So I find it really difficult to think who would play the characters in my books because I, I, when I write them, I don't picture them. I have like a list of attributes for them, attributes even, um, that I um, kind of keep in my head or try to keep in my head. Often I fail. Um, and some of my books, characters change height, change eye colour, all that stuff because I haven't written it down. So yeah, I have no picture. So I don't really picture them. That said... My choice, I think, for Logan himself uh, would be Kevin McKidd. Although he's only five foot eleven, and Logan is bear-like in his size, so everyone else would have to stand in holes, I think. Uh, but I think Kevin McKidd would be quite good. Um, don't know what you guys think. Uh, Gerard Butler, someone mentioned before, he could be quite good. Uh, but I think I think Kevin McKidd would be quite good. Uh, D.I. Ben Ford I'm going to pop Kevin McKidd away somehow How about I do there, there he goes uh, I, I thought uh, Gary Lewis could be quite good I like Gary Lewis, I think he's a fantastic actor so um, I could see that but I haven't really picked anyone else I'd like to you know, send me your suggestions and I would um, and I'd, I'd love to hear them there are people uh, reading the books at the moment with a, with a view to some potential TV stuff so who knows what might happen. Um, it would certainly be nice if something did happen, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, right, next question. Where are we? Uh, Bernadette Cummings. Is DCI Logan glad he moved away from Glasgow? Yes, I think he is, uh, because the Highlands is lovely. Even if I was being eaten alive by midges today when I was filming my video earlier. Uh, yeah, I think he is quite happy. He made the choice after the first book he makes a choice, a conscious choice to move to to the Highlands. So, yeah. Penny Willow, uh, who's who's in Australia, who's probably sleeping at the moment. I don't know. Penny Willow, will Jack ever get a cat? I feel like he needs one. I don't know if he's really a cat person, Jack. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's a cat. It's probably, I see him more of a, of a dog person. Uh, for, a bit of advice for any would-be authors, by the way. Uh, would-be crime authors. Don't, don't torture and kill a cat in your first book a lot of people don't like that a lot of people aren't keen on cats being murdered quite happy with children being abducted and humans being mutilated and killed off but don't hurt a cat they do not like it uh, Chris Pickin and Nan Matheson both asked uh, when I started writing the DCI Logan books was it always your intention for Mr Whisper uh, to come back did you have the Mr. Whisper story arc in mind? Or is it something that has evolved as more books have been written? Um, yeah, difficult to... I, I was in two minds about talking about this question because it's a, a bit of a spoiler for the next book, but the title's a bit of a spoiler for the next book. So in book six, there is... Um, yeah, the villain is Mr. Whisper. Or I don't want to say too much. Mr. Whisper features in the next book um, to some extent or another. And and that has always been the plan since book one. Um, I had the storyline for book six worked out before I had the storyline for book two worked out. 
So, uh, yeah, Mr. Whisper. The Mr. Whisper book, book six has always been uh, the plan all along. Uh, Bob Bruce, Bob, who I know, I've met Bob uh, before. He's a lovely, lovely fella. He also appears as a, he's a, a character is named after him in, I think, book three, I think. Um, how long do you spend on each process? I storyboarding, researching plot lines and actual writing. Researching, no time whatsoever. Uh, maybe a couple of minutes here and there. Google Maps is, is really the limit of my research. Um, plot lines, yeah, because they're, for my science fiction stuff, I basically make it up as I go along. I don't plot it out in any great detail. It's almost like an adventure that I get pulled along on and I have as much fun discovering what's going to happen as, as readers do. For the crime fiction, you obviously need to know who done it. And you need to plant clues and sow seeds and have red herrings and all that stuff. So I do a, quite a lot of planning. I spend maybe uh, a week, 10 days planning the crime books on. I have a big whiteboard and a, a, a big board of my own, like like in, in the books, where I pin up stuff and notes and all that. So, uh, yeah, but a week, 10 days doing that. The books themselves, I write quite quickly. Average time is about three, three and a half weeks to write the book from start to finish. I write very fast, not particularly well, but I write fast. Um, my wife's always a bit freaked out because I have like a like a split in my brain of some kind that means I can carry on a conversation with her while typing at the same time. And I'm typing, I'm not just typing gibberish because that would be a waste of time, but I can carry on typing the story. So she can come in and go, like, I'm going to the shops. Do you want anything? And I can go, yeah, click, 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 click. I'll, uh, I'll have a Twix. And, uh, and I can, thinking about both writing and Twixes at the same time, which is basically everything that's in my head most of the time. Uh, so, yeah, hope that answers that question, Bob, because I've forgotten what the question was, and I'm just uh, moving on. Uh, Carol Crawford, how long does it take you to write a book? I just answered that one, I think, so about three weeks. What does your family think of them? These are actually the first books I have written in over 150 books that my wife has read. Uh, now, considering, and she, she enjoys them. Now, considering, though, not a lot of people know this, that in my first book, I um, I proposed to my wife uh, in the dedication. You'd think she would have bothered to read that one, but nope, not a thing. Uh, so she's read these, she, she enjoys them, so that's good. Um, Catherine, I can't see that because it's in a weird orange writing, McGrenna. If DCI Logan had a Spotify account, what would be on it? You will find out in the next book. Uh, there is in book six, so which comes out in a few hours, as I think I've mentioned. There is a music-based conversation which takes place in that. Uh, Richard Lee, how do you adapt to the different books you write? Do you concentrate on one or do you run them side by side? Uh, usually I do one at a time. At the moment, I'm writing two. Um, uh, one of them is a sequel to the Sidekicks book. One of them is the Sidekicks 2. And one of them is another crime book. Uh, Susie Lewis, please, can I have it to read now? I think that's book six. And no, you can't, uh, but it's out in, yeah, three hours or something. So enjoy it then. Uh, and Desley Northcote, how did you? How do you name your characters? Just um, randomly? I don't really know. I don't have a, a system. I know some people like, I can look up, well, not phone books now because they don't have them, but people used to go to a phone book and pick a name from there. But I um, I don't know. I've, I just I think I think of them in my mind. I hope that helps. Um, and last question here, Alison A. Field, is DCI Logan's character in any way autobiographical? Um, I've never been in the police, so no. I'm tall. I'm six foot four. Um, I'm roughly about the same height as him. He uh, has an active dislike of camper vans on uh, Highland roads, as do I. And I would need to apologise to Bob Bruce here because he has a caravan that I've had tea in once and it was lovely. Um, so, yeah, he has a, has a strong dislike of camper vans on roads in the Highlands driving slowly, as do I. Uh, there's also, in, I think in book three, uh, D.I. Ford, Ben, uh, has a good old moan about the car parking situation at Rigmore Hospital, which is one of the real bugbears of my life. If I'm, we ever go up to Rigmore Hospital, it is impossible to park because people have used it as a park and ride. 
And I'm not going to get into it here in any great detail, but it is massively infuriating. So, yeah, there's a bit of me, in I think, in all the characters uh, somewhere. So um, let's have a look at uh, some questions here. Uh, I'm going to show this one quickly. John Kirk, do you fancy a bacon roll? Uh, I would love one. John Kirk is uh, JJ's, which is mentioned in book one and book four. JJ's Cafe does fantastic bacon rolls. Uh, and uh, they're kind of right next door to my office. I'm literally knocking that wall and they're through there. Uh, so, yes, I'd love one. If you could drop it off, that would be fantastic. Uh, let me see. Uh, Elizabeth Hall, your Fort William police receptionist. Was she named after someone you know, lol? Um, yes, actually. Uh, our first name is my mother-in-law's name, and um, her her surname is my aunt's name. So she's an amalgamation of, of people. Uh, let's see what other questions we've got. In fact, what I'll do is I'm going to do this reading first. I'm going to read a little bit of book six. It is book six. Yeah, it is book six. Then we'll draw the competition, which is just going to be the most exciting thing. Uh, I realise my hand glows when I do that. It's because it's quite dark in this office, so I've had to use my Millennium Falcon light as a kind of video light to um, to, to shine on my face. Although I realise it makes me look a little bit sinister, like I'm kind of in a in a film noir movie. Okay, uh, I'm going to read just not too much. I'll read for a couple of minutes from the start of uh, book six, A Whisper of Sorrows. I'm not as good as Angus King, who does the audiobooks. By the way, if you're looking forward to the next audiobook, he's done the first three. Uh, unfortunately, coronavirus came along and shut the recording studio, but it is opening up again. And Angus is going to record book four, five, and six back to back. Uh, and I'm not going to let him sleep in between times. So they will get progressively worse uh, due to his exhaustion. But I think it'll be worth it. So here we go. Chapter one. <coughs> let me take a, a quick swig of my iron brew. I meant to bring like a book, but I forgot. So I've got it on my phone. Chapter one. The room was most notable for its missing bastard. At least, to DCI Jack Logan it was. To anyone else, the most comment-worthy aspect of the room would likely be the tape outline across the threshold of the door, marking the shape of a person. Or perhaps it would be the stain on the floor, once red, now dried to a shade of rusty brown, or the similarly coloured spattering across the walls on either side. If someone was looking very closely, the thing they passed remark on might be the missing leg of the chair, the rigid plastic sheared off at an angle to create a long sliver of a point. Logan had noticed all of that. Of course he had. But it was the missing bastard that disturbed him most. You're right, Jack. Detective Superintendent Hoon's voice was uncharacteristically soft. It was also the longest sentence Logan had heard the man say without swearing, which spoke volumes about the gravity of the situation. No. No, I am not, Logan muttered. His eyes went from the tape to the bloodstains to the broken chair. Finally, it swung a right and stopped on the unmade bed that the room's former occupant had slept in for most of the last decade. A gush of blood had stained the clinical white sheets down near the foot of the bed, but it was the man-sized indent in the mattress that Jack focused on. He glared at that imprint, glowered at it like you could summon the bastard back through sheer bloody force of will. He couldn't, of course. Not like that. But he would get him back. One way or another. I shall leave it there. Uh, so that is the opening to A Whisper of Sorrows, which comes out in just a few hours' time. Um, uh, let's let's leave the drawing of the thing. We're going to do another kind of 15 minutes. Let's leave the drawing of the competition thing till till the end. Uh, and uh, thanks, Chris Rainsforth. That light is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I like that you're heavily drinking in your image. Good stuff. Uh, so let's let's look through some of these questions. Anne, good grief, Anne. How long do we have to wait for book seven? I'm not going to tell you. Uh, you'll just have to wait and see. 
I will say that that um, after book six, there is uh, some things. Some things change. That's all I will say. Um, so uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Chris McClellan, do you write daily, or is it a series of bursts when you're feeling creative? Um, God, series. I don't have the energy for a series of bursts these days, Chris. Uh, yeah, I write every day. Um, I write. Or I write every day when I'm supposed to be writing. Sometimes I'm I'm planning and plotting and scheming. Once I'm not planning, I will sit down and I will have a minimum word count every day. So I'll say I'm going to hit at least, you know, three and a half, four thousand words today, whatever it may be, um, which is usually about one or two chapters. Uh, so I do that um, and then I rattle through the book quite quickly. And I'm I'm quite lucky because I've written kind of you know 150 books. I've quite a, a good knack now for the shape of a story and how it, how the stories fit together and how they work. So I don't actually generally have much editing to do after that. Um, there's obviously, there's always some, but but usually not too much. Uh, so, so thanks for that question, Chris. Um, where are we? Let's see. Oh, it's all scrolling so quickly. Uh, where are we? Where are we? What's that saying? There's some weird stuff happening to the side of my screen. Uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, what's that? Christine Robertson. My name was once used as a murdering car in a Stephen King novel. Any chance my name can be used in one of your books, please? Possibly. Uh, this book, The Sidekicks Initiative, uh, I put out a call to uh, people who are on my facebook uh the fan page for for space team team space team look for that on facebook um and uh i says i need two or three people to be killed off and about 300 people replied saying please kill me off uh so three or four of them get killed in the actual book and then there's an appendix at the back which lists everybody who asked to be killed off and their method of death uh, is taken from the villain of the book or one of the villains in the book. It's supposed to be he's kept a record of everyone he's killed and how he's killed them. And this book is an extract from that. So there are hundreds of names at the end of this book and their method, usually a ridiculous method of death, like um, Nazi hippos and stuff um, after that. So uh, so you never know, Christine. I might kill you at some point. Uh, where are we? Uh, Peter Kingsbury, have you thought of writing a DCI Logan novel not about a murder? Uh, the first book's not about a murder. The first book's about a child abduction. There's no murder in the first book. I don't think. I can't remember. I have a terrible memory for everything, really. So I, I can have a vague recollection of book one. Um, but yeah, there was no, I don't think there's any murders in that. But I, yeah, I mean, I'd be quite happy with just hanging out with them. I quite enjoy. Just the character interactions. The murder bit is secondary to me, um, so I I think yeah I could uh, you know I could I could see them investigating any kind of case or just hanging out and having dinner. Uh, I think one of my favourite scenes they're all sitting in a pub together and I want to say book four, blood and treachery. They're sitting in the um, brewers' fair where I sometimes go for dinner or used to because there's not many restaurants in Fort William but I've sometimes take the kids to Brewers Fair um, and so I like that scene when they're just kind of sitting and hanging about chatting so yeah I'd be up for anything um, so Haley Speed K which is an excellent name in the last bloody straw there were some real comedy moments will there be some in Whisper of Sorrows uh, you know I never I've Apart from Space Team and Sidekicks in those books, I've never really set out uh, to write comedy, or I didn't, didn't to start with. The uh, Invisible Fiends, the first book I wrote, which is horror. It's about a boy who's an imaginary friend from when he's four, comes back when he's 12, and tries to murder him in a variety of horrible ways. Uh, it was a horror, and then the first review came out, and it said, Mr. Mumbles, which is this book, Mr. Mumbles is the funniest horror book I've ever read. And I thought it wasn't, wasn't meant to be funny, um, but then I look back and and much like the, uh, the the Jack Logan stuff, it's all character based. It's all just character interactions. 
And I think that's that's kind of life, really. I think we we do, um, especially in things like the police and emergency services. I think you have to be able to laugh at at the most kind of dark, horrible things that you you come across. And I think that's how the emergency services probably deal with um, a lot of what they see and a lot of what they have to do. So the comedy came from that. So um, yes, um, book five uh, was there was a bit more comedy in it. Book six um, is less so. Book six is darker. That's all I will say. There's always co- there's comedy in everything that I, I write. I think, but book six, book five is deliberately um, lighter and funnier because I knew book six was going to be pretty dark stuff. Uh, but you just have to wait and see in a few hours. Um, okay. Chris Rainsforth, I just want to be sworn at by Hoon. He's still drinking. Well done, Chris. Um, yeah, I um, I enjoy writing uh, Detective Superintendent Hoon. Uh, he, his creative swearing is, um, is a joy to come up with. Uh, so, yeah, um, maybe one day I'll, I'll write him. Uh, you can swear at you. Have you ever been in Fort Lane Police Station, John Kirk asked. I don't know what you're implying, John. I don't know if you're suggesting I'm some sort of habitual criminal. Um, don't know. Well, I have. I went in once to the front reception. Um, I was going to go in for a tour around it and, and get to see everything. And then um, the, pa- the pandemic happened and I didn't get to. So uh, don't try and use the description in um, my books as any sort of guide to what it's like inside Fort William Police Station because it's almost certainly not accurate. If it is, it's only through some form of clairvoyance or psychic ability that I've been able to um, figure that out. Uh, How would the police team, Agnes Montgomery asks, how would the police team deal with a pandemic murder and lockdown by safely socially distancing at all times? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how how, uh, Jack and the team would deal with uh, the pandemic. I think Logan generally quite likes to socially distance from people anyway. So I think it'd be a good excuse to, to stay away from them. I mean, he couldn't necessarily beat anyone up. Um, although that's probably good. You know, he's 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 uh, somewhat aggressive sometimes. Um, uh, where are we? Uh, oh, where's it gone? Maureen, so this weekend, the world of mountain bikers and fans were due to descend on Fort William. How about a storyline involving the UCI mountain bike competitors? Plenty of suspects. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, the Mountain Bike World Cup usually happens um, on kind of Anik Moore here uh, this time of year, but obviously it's not happening at the moment. Tonight, actually, also talking about things that have been cancelled, was supposed to be my son's high school graduation. Um, but that was all all cancelled. And yeah, so that's very, very disappointing. Disappointing for him, even. Uh, Marie McMillan, any chance of you signing my collection of DC Logan books? Yes, Marie, absolutely. Um, obviously, I'll need to tie a pen to the end of a two-meter-long stick and can can do it like that. Or I suppose you could put the book down and not be holding it at the time. That would make more sense, actually. Yeah, you set the book down and retreat to two meters, and then I can sign it. That makes far more sense. Also, if you are interested in signed copies of the books, the Highland Bookshop, um, who you can find on Facebook and you can find on the internet and you can find on Fort William High Street. Um, they are, are running an online service at the moment and they are selling signed copies of my books. So you can contact them and they will sign them. I'll be in next week and I can even dedicate it if you want that done. So um, yes. So yes, Marie, no problem at all. 20 quid a copy. That's not true. Um, have you got plans to include Fort Augustus in a book? Lots of interesting places here. Yes, Lorraine Johnson, I do, uh, and that's all I'm going to say. It's not in. It's not in book six. Um, I hate to tell you, but uh, there will be uh, Fort Augustus will appear soon. Uh, Fort Augustus up to kind of drum the rocket that area. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Um, let's see any other questions we've got. Uh, lots of people saying nice things. That's always nice to see. Uh, I want to pick up this. Uh, Chris Pickens says, oh God, the school scene in the last bloody straw. No spoilers at all. 
Uh, I will say, however, that that is very much based on my time as a children's author going into schools and often talking to young children, far younger than I was supposed to be talking to. And it's always um, a challenge, shall we say. Uh, I have utmost respect for teachers, how they deal with it on a daily basis. But when you go in as an author and and you know you give them a chance to ask questions, sometimes those are brilliant. Um, the, my favourite question I've ever got was uh, about this book when I says Mr Mumbles tries to kill Kyle, the character in the books, and this boy who was about ten says, "You know, you said Mr Mumbles tried to kill Kyle," and I says, "Yep." He says, "Have you ever killed anyone?" Uh, so uh, obviously I, I told him I had, and he looked traumatised. Uh, my second favourite question was when I was talking in a high school to third-year kids, so kids about 14, 15, and I, I, I spoke for an hour, and I said, right, has anyone got any questions? And this girl's hand went up, and I said, yep. And she said, can we go now? And I thought, yep, that's that's good. That's teenagers for you. So, um, yeah, uh, completely forgot what the question was. Oh, yes, Chris Beckett, oh, God, the school scene. Last bloody straw. I'm glad you enjoyed that, Chris. I very much enjoyed writing that scene. Probably my favourite Logan scene of all. Uh, Bernadette Cummings, would you do live launch again? Uh, maybe. Depends if people wanted it, really. I'd be... Um, if people enjoy it, then I'll, I'll happily come and, and and witter shite for as long as you want, really. Um, so I will... Yeah, I'll probably do something else soon. But... Um, with a video blog thing I'm doing, notes from a Scottish author, which you can find at scottishauthor.com now, by the way. Every Friday there's going to be a Q&A thing, so I'll do a, a, if you've got questions, I can answer them on that. But if people are interested, let me know, and I will do another one of these at some point. Um, so uh, where are we? Carrie Grieve. Oh, I've known Carrie since she was yon high. Uh, great idea putting books into our community covers. Well done. Yeah, there's um, uh, community groups around uh, Cool and Locky Side. Kind of, I, I grew up in Cool. Locky Side is just around from where I live now. And they're they're doing a fantastic thing. They've set up these community cupboards, which have got um, everything: games, uh, books. Uh, DVDs, food, uh, kids' supplies, all kinds of stuff. Because a lot of people are obviously struggling at the moment, um, and these guys have done something really amazing, and have, are going out. And people are doing it all over the country, and it's brilliant. The people, it's great to see people kind of pulling together and helping everyone else out. And so, uh, you know, well done to everyone involved in the the community cupboards scheme. And yes, I shamelessly put in some of my books. Um, just as a marketing strategy, really, you know. Um, Graham uh, Sensical, in your video talk on the banks of the Caledonia Canal, was that Ben Nevis in the background? I can't remember, Graham. Um, you can see Ben Nevis in parts of the Caledonia Canal. Uh, I can't remember where I was at that point. I don't think it would, would have been. I'm not uh, I'm not sure. Um, so maybe that's the answer to that question. Uh, sorry, I couldn't be be more useful than that. Uh, where are we? Um, Susie Lewis just said the words engraving tool. Don't know why. Uh, where are we? Uh, we're God, trying to find, it keeps moving so quickly. Uh, <laughs> Tracy asks, Will Ardna Merkin appear? Some very dodgy characters here. You are not wrong, Tracy. Um, having spent some time in Ardna Merkin, you are not wrong. Uh, so yes, maybe I think I think something around the lighthouse would be quite good. That would be would be nice. Um, so could, oh, that's the wrong, I've clicked the wrong one. Uh, Katrina Hunter, a lot of us pick up a book to relax. What do you do to wind down? Uh, I, nothing really. Um, I'm never really that wound up to be honest. I, I love to read, obviously. Uh, although I find it quite difficult to read when I'm writing or to read fiction when I'm writing fiction. I'm reading some non-fiction at the moment. I've got like literally about a hundred books on writing that I've bought over the years, and I've never read one of them. Um, and I started reading one um, called The Science of Storytelling, I think it's called. I started reading that a few days ago, and the first chapter is about how our ability to visualize pictures in our head is what makes us human. And I thought, well, thanks a lot, because as I mentioned, I can't do that. So 
apparently I'm not I'm not human. Um, so uh, yes, yeah, so I'm reading some some nonfiction writing books in an attempt to get better at it. Always room for improvement, I say. Uh, I hide that. Uh, Eileen Brown, please come to Northern Ireland. Yep, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm up for that. Um, I, I we used to live for a while down in the way south in the Republic of Ireland in Wexford, which was lovely. Uh, so um, yes, I love Ireland. So I, I would come over definitely. Don't know what I do when I was there, but I might just turn up your house and stand outside the window, staring in, as I want to do. Um, where are we now? I think we've got time for maybe a couple more questions, then we'll draw that competition. Uh, Alan Windrum, like the Magna Cow mentioned in Blood and Treachery. Yes, I wrote a picture book. Alan Windrum is an, uh, an award-winning children's author, um, So, and he's also a publisher. And Alan talked me into and published my first ever picture book, currently my first and only picture book. It's called Magna Cow. It's about a magnetic cow. Um, that's really it. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, and there is a reference to it in Blood and Treachery. Lots of my books have references to other books, things that happen. Uh, so it's all one big shared universe, Alan. So the J.D. Kirk stuff takes place in a world where cows are magnetic. Probably. Um, where are we? Oh, yeah, I've got why is Psychic still up? Someone pointing that out. I'm going to hide that. There we go. Sorry. A pop-up. Um, pop oh, what I'm going to show you very quickly. Something I was very proud about was that currently, bestsellers in Scottish crime. There are one, two, three, four, five, six uh, of my books in the top ten, or in the top nine, in fact, of uh, Scottish crime in Amazon. So, very pleased with that. Thank you to everyone who has been uh, buying them and borrowing them and and all that stuff. And reading them, more importantly, um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I'm really, really grateful for you all, all your support. Uh, where are we? Da, 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 da. Right, let's do one more. Uh, I've just realised, so, okay, looking at the Susie Lewis was asking how she can get a Kindle signed. That's why she said the words engraving tool. It wasn't some kind of personal insult, which is what I was taking it as. Um, it, was, it was a genuine uh, reference to something uh christine robertson final question for now uh, if you weren't an author what would your dream job be uh probably batman would be good um i don't know i i i, I never really kind of settled on a job as such i've never been very good at jobs at working um the best job I ever had, I was working, I was kind of getting sidetracked now, was working for the Highland Council and I was a shellfish sampling officer, which meant I drove about in a van um, to a, kind of various points around Loch Aber and the Highlands. And then I went on boats and then kind of got mussels. Fishermen would give me mussels and various things. Um, and I would then drive them down to Oban and drop them off in a lab so um and then drive back so basically i spent the entire time driving about um eating lovely seafood and um getting a suntan and so that was nice and then it, it kind of started raining a lot and became winter and i left <laughs> because who wants to do that when it's raining uh so um yes there we go i'll leave that there well, yeah alan just where is he Glad you mentioned the award-winning. Yes, well done, Alan. I'm also award-winning, I should say, as a children's author. And I think the, the Space Team audiobooks, narrated by the amazing Phil Throne, they recently won an award as well. So multi-award-winning author. Um, just just uh, not necessarily very good. So uh, there we go. So I think we're kind of basically out of time. I'm going to draw this competition now. It's up the top somewhere. Brr. Okay, I need to click something. Uh, confirm. Okay. The winner of the Kindle Paperwhite is brrr, drum roll noise Louise Saunders. That's currently all I have information that's given me on screen. Louise Saunders. Well done, Louise. Uh, I think that button I clicked should email you to say you've won. I don't know who Louise Saunders is. 
Uh, but well done, Louise Saunders. I hope you're um, a real person and not the 2,000 Russian bots that tried to win the competition who were all um, weeded out, thankfully. Uh, so well done. Well done. Did I say your name was? Well done, Louise Saunders. Uh, you will get your email reply and I will get you the, the thing. Uh, so thank you all very much. Um, I just sorry, I just saw something there. Nikki Sharp, the subtitles trying to understand your accent is hilarious. I'm assuming that's on the uh, YouTube videos I've been putting up. There was an option came up says, do you want us to automatically add subtitles? And I thought, yes, of course, because I cannot wait to see what you come up with, YouTube, because I have I tried voice dictating software and it has absolutely no idea what I'm saying. And I don't think my accent is that bad. I talk very quickly, though. But I don't think my accent is that thick. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what YouTube has made of um of my accent. So so check those out. Scottish author, yeah, is that right? Scottishauthor.com. You'll see the videos there. A new one will go up tomorrow. It's a QA. Um and uh and yeah, so thanks everyone for coming along to this. I hope you enjoy the book when it comes out tonight. Uh at midnight and um and let me know just send us an email uh jd at jdkirk.com Int- i i should also say uh final little bit of trivia i have no idea what jd stands for um it just seemed two good initials to put together uh john doe kirk was one that i quite liked um but i i have, I have no idea who or what jd stands for so if you have any suggestions Fire them my way, and I might I might take them on. Uh, so if you are interested, um, I let me know on Facebook. I will I may do this again. I may run another competition and all that stuff. But like I say, thanks for coming along. Enjoy the books. Enjoy the book, or the books if you haven't read them all yet. Enjoy the new book. It's twenty five percent longer than the previous books, so it's it's. I'm going for quantity, not necessarily quality, but I'm going for quantity. So uh, enjoy it. And I will uh, talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Notes from a Scottish Author. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends if, unlike me, you actually have any. You can find more information about the show at scottishauthor.com.